Speak the charm of make charm of make charm. There will come a time on the planet Earth when science and technology will be long forgotten. When wizards will rule the world. This is the Arnamancy podcast featuring Reverend Eric. Join me on an exploration of the practice, philosophy, and history of the occult, esotericism, and the paranormal. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Eric, and I'm here today with Nicole Buran. A and she's a psychic medium and a shadow guide. Hi, Nicole. Thanks for being on my podcast. Thanks for having me. I guess I've uh, I've um, owed you this for a long time since I was on your podcast last year, and we we talked about doing this, and then you know it, it took me a little while. I'm just slow. Well, it's been a weird year too. <laughs> oh, it's been a super weird year. It's yeah, and that's been uh, that's been kind of an interesting thing to work through. Yeah, and we were talking before we started recording that about like uh, the difference between doing like remote readings and in-person readings and phone readings and all that kind of stuff. Because you do readings, and uh, I want to I wanted to ask you a little bit about that before. So when I was on your show, we talked about kind of like the difference between oracle cards and tarot cards, and you were. Uh, talking about kind of like why you enjoyed oracle cards and um, how they kind of worked for you and uh, can you tell us so do you think oracle cards work well with sort of like psychicness I think so Um, I think what I like about well I know what I like about oracle cards is every deck is so different and I follow my intuition like I mean most people that work in this follow their intuition a lot but when I do a reading for someone and I kind of gauge what guidance they want I'll go by which deck I feel best can serve them Um, so I also have an idea of how the cards will speak to me and I, I also like it because it takes kind of like it's less energy for me to do it with cards as opposed to just a straight like psychic reading or psychic mediumship reading And I like all the variations of the different cards. And also for my clients, you know, some are really interested in connecting with their angels. So I'll use like an angel deck for that. Or some are really drawn to animals. So I'll use my animal spirit deck for that. Um, So I like the options. I'm an options person. (laughs) So I really like that. I like, and I like to mix and match different decks for different readings that I do for people. So then, but you were saying like it, it helps you do a, a psychic mediumship reading, but it's not like required. So you still feel, you still have the ability to do the reading um, even without the cards. Yeah. So I'll do like just straight Oracle card readings. And even though I'll sometimes get like these little, little chatter spots will come through every now and then it's, a, it, I don't have to raise my energy level up as high as I would when I know I'm doing a straight psychic mediumship reading, which I don't use any cards for. I just translate everything that's coming into me um, and use all my, I use all my clairs as, as we call them, all the different clairs. Oh, like um, but, clairvoyance you know, and clair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Audience and clair. I mean, there's like six of them. I don't even remember. There's a lot of them. Um, and everyone has like one that's like the strongest usually. Um, but yeah, for my psychic mediumship readings, I don't use cards. Very rarely will I pull any. Okay, so then let's talk about like your origin story. How did you discover that you had that skill? You know, I mean, I do, uh, you know, I've been doing tarot for a zillion years, but it, and people have asked me before if I'm psychic. And mm-hmm. I honestly don't even know how to answer that question. So how do you know, or how did you find out that you were psychic? And how would another person know if they were I think everyone's psychic to a degree. I think everyone's psychic to a degree because everyone has, you know, I'm a big believer in the chakras and everyone has a third eye chakra. So it just depends how much you strengthen it, uh, you know, to, to see beyond what we see with our main two eyes. So I believe everyone has psychic abilities. I think it just takes, um, you know, it's just like anything that you would practice or understand. It's the reason that 
I, this is such a common thing. People are like, well, you know, I think I'm a little bit psychic because sometimes I'll be thinking about someone and I haven't talked to them forever and they call me. Or, you know, I one time just had an urge to reach out to someone and I found out that like their parent just passed away or something. And so I think everyone has like certain, certain psychic abilities of this knowing or um, like these premonitions, especially people often will say I had a psychic dream. Um, sometimes I think it's like the cosmos align, like maybe there's something going on with the planets and the moon and their natal chart and all this other stuff going on creates like that perfect almost portal for all of this to open up. Um, I think everyone's psychic and from most of the other psychic mediums I know, um, everyone's psychic in some way, but not everyone is a medium. So not all psychics out there or people who specialize in psychic readings may have mediumship abilities. And when I say mediumship abilities, I mean, anyone can you know, people will receive signs from their loved ones and that sort of thing. I mean more like the mediumship abilities to tap into like strangers, loved ones and friends that have crossed over. I think mm. everyone can have a way to communicate with people that they had some energetic connection to when the person was alive. Um, I think there's an energetic connection that you have, you know, with people. People will be like, I'm not a medium, but sometimes I'll think my mom who's passed away is giving me signs like this and that. And I 100% believe that, but I, I, I still, even with the research I've done, you know, I think certain people are able to tap into other people's loved ones and friends. And that may not be something everyone can do, but I think everyone can tap into people they knew that okay. we're living that have now crossed over so then that means that like being psychic is kind of like your your own personal connection with kind of like the shared experience of everybody then right so like when you're psychic mm -hmm. you can you can experience stuff that you're you know you you have like you were saying the insights into your friends and maybe like your own um mm -hmm. past and that sort of stuff and then the, the mediumship would be kind of the ability to i don't know skip over connections or 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 use another person's connections or pick up on other people's psychic trains or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. And everyone's like, like I said, everyone has like, I think can tap into their own psychic abilities, but you know, people that I think are like, I'm a psychic medium or I'm a psychic. Um, I, I think it's just a different, um, and when I say skill set, I think it's like a practice skill set for the most part of being able to tap into other people's energy space. That's why a lot of like highly sensitive or empaths mm -hmm. will have really strong psychic abilities or have mediumship abilities or, you know, or both um, because they just seem to get into that energy space of the client or the sitter or the other person just so much more quickly and to connect with those energetic stories and those spirits around them and things like that. Oh, okay. All right. I, I think that that helps sort of clarify things a little bit. I, because when you were, you were talking about psychic mediumship, I was sort of thinking like, well, I mean, I guess I still have this question. Are there other types of mediumship that aren't necessarily psychic? So there's mediumships, there's mediums. So every medium has psychic abilities that I know of. Um, I've never met a medium who's you know, not, but not all mediums want to do psychic readings. I kind of do a crossover. So sometimes psychic mediums will offer either just psychic readings or just mediumship readings. Hmm. I kind of just do it as a collective reading um, because I found when I tried to separate, it, they would just kind of blend together anyways, or both parties would come through. So I was just like, there's no point. Um, and I don't, I don't want to separate the two. I just don't feel like it's part of what my gift is. I just feel like I have to do like a collective psychic mediumship reading. Um, so the mediumship aspect is connecting with that person's crossed over loved ones and getting guidance for them for those people. So I establish, um, I, you know, establish a connection with their, let's say they wanted to contact their dad and I'll give them some information. Um, usually the spirit will come through and give me some detailed confirmations about who they were and a little bit about the personality. And then, you know, the sitter or client will be able to identify, yep, that's them. Um, and then I'll be like, this is the messages they have for you. And we kind of do that. So usually in a reading for someone, 
the crossover loved ones come through first. Um, my energy is the highest then, and it's a little more energetically draining for me in the mediumship aspect because I have to raise my vibrational level and they have to lower theirs, which is the medium that we come to, which is why they call it mediumship. Um, So, yeah. So, so um, I I have a, like, I just feel like spirit knows when I start a reading, my energy level is at the highest it can be. So they'll do that. And then for the psychic reading and crossover loved ones always appear to me on my right side. And so I always feel them coming through on my right, right away. And then for the psychic um, messages, to me, it's like a collective energy for the sitter or client. And I like to refer to those messages, um, usually feel like angels or spirit guides. They don't feel like um, it's a different energy than a human or recently human, um, you know, in a human body. It's not as heavy is the way I can, I guess I can best explain it. Um, and those come through a lot faster. So that kind of comes through boom, boom, boom. And it doesn't drain me as much. Um, so that's usually like the second half of the reading, but you know, everyone's reading is kind of different of the length of time for each side. Hmm. How, um, so you're saying that you, you kind of feel them coming through on different sides of you. Mm -hmm. Uh, is that related to like one of your different, uh, Claire's? (laughs) I like, don't know. Like, is it a it, when you say it's a yeah. feeling? Is it like uh, do you do you get like a just sort of a pressure, a sensation, or like what what does that? How does that happen? I usually so when I do my readings, my eyes are closed. I, it's just easier for me. My strongest um, Claire is clairvoyance, and then it's clairaudience, mm-hmm. and then it's I think it's called clairsensitance. I can't even remember. It's the one where you feel the sensations in your body. Um, That's usually like, I'll get those about ailments or maybe how the person passed. If like they had stomach problems or skin issues or something like that, Um, I'll feel more stuff like that or anxious stuff. Um, But my eyes are closed so I can see is clear the pictures coming to me really quickly because I call it, I always say I'm like playing charades with spirit. So they're showing me a bunch of stuff and I'm like, this, 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 and, you know, trying to piece everything together. Um, And then I'll hear certain things. But when they come to me, it kind of feels like a little bit of a weight, not too heavy. It kind of just feels like if your eyes were closed and someone walked into the room and you couldn't really hear them, but you just kind of felt the presence of something. You know how you sometimes will feel like someone watching you? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like that. So that will show up on my my right side um so i can just kind of feel that presence it's very subtle though um and then on my left side it feels more like like a burst of energy on my left side like i just feel that like burst of energy like almost like um i don't want to say like when you step into the sun because i think people would associate that with heat but just kind of like how you get you can almost feel like the energy of the sun without the heat aspect is kind of how i would explain it hmm. or like um when you like you can feel your hand maybe falling asleep a little bit or your foot falling asleep at the beginning of the tingle right right it'll feel like that on my left side and yeah how did you uh, how did you learn to associate those those feelings like did you uh, did you train with somebody or uh, did you just like read about it in a book and start practicing like how did you how did you start learning that so I started by um, like on a whim so when I was younger I saw stuff and I heard stuff and a bunch of weird stuff happened to me but I didn't really understand what it was and I didn't really know how to control it or how to like, I guess, like pay attention to the cues I was getting of all these things. Um, And as I got older, I kind of just started practicing with like friends and I would keep a journal and I still keep a journal um, because it's good to have a journal when you start mediumship. It's kind of like your own language of how spirit communicates to you. So you'll have certain symbols that you know mean this certain thing. Um, like for me, if someone has, if someone's coming through and talking about an aggressive male, I'll see a rhino. 
And I'll still say, I see a rhino. This is what it means to me. But that person can be like, oh, well, actually, the mascot of the college they graduated was the rhinos or something. You know, it, there's still like maybe that sort of you, you never know. Right. Like, because it's like this is I always have to say this is what it means to me. This is how I take it. But if this is very significant to you, like, let me know. I mean, either way, there's going to be some validation there with mm-hmm. either exactly what I'm seeing or they're seeing. But I started keeping a journal just to be aware of the subtleness of it. Um, I've never mentored with a psychic medium, but I've mentored with an angel reader and I've mentored with a shamanic practitioner who will get some psychic downloads. So can you say that last one again? What kind of practitioner? A shamanic practitioner. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. So not like, um, a shaman per se, but he studied with some shamans, but he also has, uh, he was a psychologist for a really long time. So he kind of mixes the two. Um, so it's like the respect of like not calling himself a shaman cause he's not really a shaman, but he uses some of the things he learned from the shamans he trained under in his practices. But yeah, so I worked with them and I think it was helpful because I wasn't like, it wasn't like, oh, I have to do everything by the book the way they do it. They just kind of told me some things that worked for them. And I just kind of tried it out for myself and found what didn't work and did work. And like what clicked and didn't click in like the day to day of working with clients. Did you, so you, you talked earlier about like keeping a notebook um, Mm -hmm. of your experiences. Do you find that the notebook sort of helps you build kind of a, uh, I don't know, like a, a glossary of your, of your, of the symbols and feelings that you receive. So you can kind of go back over them later and be like, Oh, I, it's, it might not always be a rhino, but it's always some sort of like giant Savannah creature or something like. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely do. And I try to, you know, revisit it like once a month or once every two months just to kind of refresh it. Um, but I always, uh, will take, like I'll always remember when like a new symbol comes through or like something I can just, I just know if this is important and this is something I should put in my quote unquote, like symbol book or like my toolkit um, (laughs) of what it means. Um, And you know, spirit will come through. I'm terrible at geography. So I bought a map so I could study the map more because I will get locations. But to me, I want to be better before I just be like, Hey, like I'm seeing something in, you know, in the United States, in the upper, like Northeast area of it. And then, you know, the person be like, oh, it's upstate New York. That's where they passed away. But, you know, if I need to know geography, I, so I'm like studying to teach myself too. So when spirit can communicate with me, they can be more specific. And I understand what they're talking about. Cause I'll sometimes like, we'll see a map and they'll show me a state, but it'll just be the shape of it. And I'm like, I don't always know which state that is because I'm so bad at geography. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I guess uh, I've heard about that before where people who do have uh, communication with um, with spirits of any sort, they, the, the frustration, the language barrier frustration where, you know, they the spirit knows something that the person doesn't and finding like yeah. a, a similarity in symbols or meaning or whatever that allows the communication to happen can be... Uh, tricky and, yeah and it does yeah. a lot of times it requires like the practitioner to learn a lot more new stuff yeah yeah it's it's constantly educating yourself and being mindful of um everything that comes through it took me a while to figure out when I would have a client session that day that was a psychic mediumship reading I really would pay attention to all the signs I was getting throughout the day because they would come up later in the reading and be specifically tied to that person. You know, it'd just be something that like I wouldn't normally notice or, but I do. And I was like, why am I so fixated on this today? And then later I find out that's why. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like they've been communicating with me all day and trying to drop hints all day because I always have my clients um, the day of their reading. I'm like, talk aloud to the loved ones you want to connect with tell them we're all going to be sitting down to have a chat later um, so that they know that they you want to hear from them and they know that they can trust me and communicate through me. And I find because of that, um, 
I will get spirit talking to me in these subtle ways throughout the day until I have that reading, which is really cool. But it took me a long time to click that because <laughs> I was just like, oh, maybe it's just my like wandering Gemini moon where I'm just like, what's this and what's that? And that's just how my mind works. I'm like, oh, well, no, this is a little too specific and a little too much of a coincidence. <laughs> yeah, I think instead it's probably more along the lines of like spirit doesn't care about time and place as much as we do. Or exactly. Maybe, or maybe it doesn't even experience it like we do. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, um, I think it's so interesting how like how it works over there and how they communicate and every spirit is so different that I talk to and not just with their personality because I can get a sense of the personality but in the way they want to show me things because while clairvoyance is my strongest I had a session where the person just came through all audio and it was like so specific I'm not the best with names, but sometimes I'll just get names so clear. And usually there are names that aren't super common. And the person's like, yeah, that's my son's name or whatever. And it's like the grandfather that I'm talking to. I'm like, oh, well, they're acknowledging your son. Or I'll hear like a month right away. I'm like, why do they keep bringing up July? And they're like, that's the last time I saw them before they passed away. I was like, oh, okay. And so sometimes like they'll come through really specific with a lot of pictures. Sometimes it'll be a lot of body sensations. And sometimes it'll be a lot of audio and it's, it's just so it's before I even got like really started working with people in this way. I've always been obsessed with um, the paranormal and spirits and ghosts and entities or whatever you want to call these things. I grew up that way. My mom did too. When we went on road trips, we'd stop at cemeteries anything we could watch or listen to about paranormal, we were there. Um, but now even talking to spirit, it's like, I have so many more questions now because it still just blows me away that this is possible to communicate like this. Like I'm still blown away every time. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I do. Um, I do some crystal ball scrying stuff with spirits oh, cool. and it's the same kind of thing where even, even when I'm like getting set up and getting into it, I'm sort of like, well, this isn't going to work. And then when it does, it's always sort of like, that's it's a little bit too freaky. With the mediumship, you talk to sort of spirits or energies that are attached to other people. But do you have like um, specific uh, spirits or guides that, that help you frequently that are kind of like your regulars? Um, well, I have my spiritual team, I call them. Um, so I work with my ancestors a lot. And I work with a couple different... Um, you know, spirit guides and goddesses. I work with the Fae, which I know is a very touchy subject for a lot of people. Um, <laughs> and I work with um, my two major power animals are elephant and crow. And I work with Hecate and Saraswati and my guardian angels and the Fae. And um, yeah, and then my ancestors, my biological father's side of the family's native. And then my mom's side of the family is Celtic. So um, I will find that it does feel like certain ancestors will step up for certain readings more than others. And I usually find because of it's a, it's a personal connection with that person. Um, like if they're wanting to connect with their loved one who maybe had an addiction problem, um, my mom's side of the family's ancestors come through because that's part of our lineages. There's a lot of addicts in the family. And so I find they come in to support and kind of be this emotional support for me and like give me some like, it feels like a lot of healing and strength around it. So I don't get like triggered. So sometimes they can almost act kind of like um, shields or protectors too then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I always call them in before my readings and I always, you know, clear the space before and after um, every reading just because one time I didn't and something stuck around for a while and it wasn't, it was very benevolent, but it was very present. Um, my, my husband who I've done readings for him, um, 
And so he's a believer now before he was kind of like, I don't know. Uh, but, (laughs) But I have had some very specific things that there's no way of me knowing about him and his childhood and things like that, where he's like, whoa. And there was a client who I forgot to clear when I first started doing this for clients and someone came through for them and the person would leave phantom smells where even my husband could smell them. And he was like, it's, he's like, it's like, you know, this is like a couple years ago. He's like, it's April. Why does the whole house smell like Christmas trees? Or why does it smell like an apple pie is baking? Like the spirit was constantly just dropping these phantom scents. I mean, they were lovely smells. It wasn't anything bad. Oh, um, it's, it's another one of the Claire's, isn't it? Claire, yeah. Yeah. And Claire sometimes smelliness. that'll come up too. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing too, is like, I don't normally get phantom smells, but I've had a client where all of a sudden I got a burst of cologne and I was like, Hey, um, is there anything attached, you know, to your father with, was he known for a certain scent? And they're like, Oh, he was known for his colognes. And I was like, okay, well that's why, you know, cause that was so specific and important to him that like, is like a, like a confirmation that she would be able to take that. I was like, okay, that's why, but it doesn't happen every single time. Unless like, I think the person has a very signature scent that the sitter would or client would recognize right away. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so definitely a lot of clearing because I learned the hard way that, that time, <laughs> not in a bad way, just kind of like, it was like, it was like a very gentle, like, Hey, just, you know, just be mindful about this. Cause they'll hang around if you let them. <laughs> I mean, I'd be super happy to have uh, apple pie spirit just visit my house all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think this, uh, this sort of sounds like a good time to move into uh, our sh- talking about shadow work. I guess I, I'm so clueless about shadow work that I just kind of want to start right at the beginning and ask you, what is shadow work? <laughs> or So shadow work, and it's really popular right now, and I feel like a lot of, like it's just being talked about a lot more, I feel like now, um, at least over the last few years that I've been seeing it talked about out there. And when I say like talked about, I mean on the interwebs because I'm not really talking to people in person, (laughs) but everywhere in social media, you know, Instagram, Facebook, the little witchy groups I'm in on Facebook and stuff and spiritualist groups, everyone's talking about shadow work right now. And so shadow work is pretty much the work you, so we all have a light side and a shadow side and you know, it's the balance of energy. It's the duality of what makes us human in this human experience. And um, shadow work is really about addressing the parts of ourselves that we have, you know, pushed aside or been told are negative. Um, A lot of times it comes from things when we were children. So things were taught or that we saw our parents um, behave certain ways. Shadow work comes up as triggers when we're triggered by people. That's your shadow side kind of being like, hello, we need to talk about this. Um, It's a lot of things. Shadow work is kind of like the parts of ourselves that we deem wrong or negative or uncomfortable or icky or we feel ashamed of. Um, And a lot of people will repress it because it doesn't feel good. You know, it's, it's that lower energy field for us. It can make us feel anxiety, uh, depressed, anger, sad. It just, I mean, it's a bummer, right? Like no one likes to feel that. Um, so a lot of people will push it aside and then it'll just build and build. And it kind of has like, um, I think of it as like being hangry. Like, you know, you're hungry and you get that signal like, Oh, I should eat. But then like you get distracted or whatever it may be. And then it's like kind of gone too far and you're just like, bah! and it's like this temper tantrum of like, I need to eat, but I don't want anything. Nothing sounds good. Da, 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 da. And so like a lot of times our inner child will come out like that is almost like this emotional temper tantrum. And we'll kind of like, um, we'll snap a little bit if we don't address our shadow work. Um, a lot of times we can touch on shadow work, like in therapy. That's why a lot of people find like therapy or things like that really beneficial. Um, but shadow work is something that we have to work on all the time. It's not this dragon that we slay and get rid of. It's just addressing those shadow aspects of ourselves and paying attention to those triggers and healing stuff from childhood and really just acknowledging that this part of us exists and learning how to work with it 
in a balanced way in everyday life because we'll always be triggered in some way. We'll always have stuff come up. Um, you know, there's just so much that happens around the world in our energetic fields and our emotions and our, you know, mental health and things like that, that shadow works an everyday thing. Um, but to me, it's like the greatest form of self-love we can do for ourselves because it's really about accepting ourselves and these parts of ourselves. And instead of dwelling on them, being like, okay, I'm going to address this. And how am I going to move forward in a more better way? And how am I going to not allow myself to be ranked back into this? Like, how am I going to make sure I'm snacking throughout the day so I don't get hangry and I don't have the temper tantrum? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so do you, you help, uh, you help some of your clients with this? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I used to do some like um, mentoring just to kind of help people with their, you know, people are like, I think I might be psychic or mediumship or I'm interested in this. I kind of did some mentoring. Um, a lot of times shadow work will come up in people's readings, which I'm sure you'll see in like your tarot readings. You know, a lot of times it'll just be these repressed parts of them that comes up. Um, and so shadow work just kind of pops up everywhere. But I will specifically work with clients. Um, I create custom eBooks. And then the end of this week, I'm launching like a guided journey because I don't like being like it's a course or um, a program because to me that means it ends and instead this is like I'm going to guide you in this part of your journey like your shadow work journey you want to start here or you want to go a little bit deeper I'm going to be your guide for a little while so you can continue on this journey moving forward because um, it just would come up all the time and I just kind of found myself doing it anyways but like I wanted to get more specific, but I think when I would bring it up, people would be like, Ooh, I don't want to touch that. That sounds scary or bad or evil or, you know, people hear shadow and they just immediately go to like, no. Um, so <laughs> I was like, I have to streamline this more. <laughs> so people know what they're getting into. <laughs> yeah. That's funny with the tarot thing. Um, I think that's kind of one of the reasons so many people are afraid of getting their cards read mm -hmm. is because, you know, when when the the bad cards they're they're pretty uh on the nose a lot of the times and they're also really blatant you know they'll have like skeletons and explosions and death and you know scary stuff on them um but yeah i i do see that a lot i guess uh i hadn't really connected that with shadow work before so like i've talked to people who have done ancestor work before and a lot of times uh you know some of the stuff that you're describing with shadow work almost sounds similar to the ancestor work where it's almost like you have to clear away kind of like the cobwebs and the mess of your ancestors' shadow work before you can do your own. Do you see that very often? Yeah. Yeah. So um, have you actually ever heard of the book Healing Ancestral Karma? Yes, I have heard of that book. Okay. That, that's one of my mentors. Dr. Stephen Farmer is the shamanic practitioner that I mentored under. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. So, yes. So to me, it's this um so what's interesting about this and my own personal level is <clears throat> a lot of my shadow work had to deal with my biological father who is not in my life and never has been um i've met him a couple times when i was very young but i don't have any memory of it um and then i you know and then my biological mothers i had a lot of shadow work to do around that and I had some shadow work to do about the dad that raised me, but it wasn't as deep as my biological parents because of that ancestral line. And I couldn't figure out why I'm like, I should have so like, it was so much easier for me to recognize the shadow work I had around my non-biological father and my triggers and things I needed to heal from that. It was like, I could remove myself in a way, but with my biological parents, it was a lot harder because there was this emotional attachment that was just different. Um, even though that the dad that raised me, he's been there since, you know, I was born. He was on my birth certificate. He's my dad. I love him to death. Um, he's like my best friend. So <laughs> it's not like I'm not close to him. It's just was so different. So a lot of times ancestral stuff will come up in shadow work. It can be, I find with certain clients, it kind of depends on how open they are to that because there's like a trusting process of either having to, you know, research stuff about your family or ask questions, 
or kind of trust the process of doing your own work and kind of doing some, there's some really beautiful ancestral healing meditations you can do, guided meditations to get that information from your ancestors. Um, but it will come up. It will definitely come up. But I find for most people when they start to do shadow work, it's usually the immediate parents. And then it starts to go back further. Like for me, when I started it, it was my immediate parents. And then it started to go back to my grandparents and great grandparents and kind of just filtered backwards. Um, but it, you know, shadow works one of those things you can go as deep as you want and you can do that ancestral lineage healing as much as you want. And I think it's a really beautiful gift to do that for you and your family to do that healing because it's, it's hard work, but yeah. it's powerful. I can imagine, uh, I mean, especially when you're like sitting with clients, like the difference between, you know, somebody coming in for, you know, and I mean, I don't know what, a, I don't know what an ordinary, um, or average like psychic mediumship sort of question or topic would be, but like the difference between that and coming in and being like, I've got, I got some demons I got to take care of, you know, where somebody mm -hmm. actually comes to you for the shadow work. That must be very, it must get really intense. Doesn't it get kind of intense if you're doing that with somebody else? So I think that's why I consider myself more of a shadow worker as opposed to a light worker, even though I am technically doing like light worker stuff. Um, for me, it's easier to work with the people that want to get into that deep stuff because there's the trust factor that's already there. They have that vulnerability and that openness and they don't have this sort of like, like I guess a little bit of a wall up or they feel maybe like they, and usually it'll come up in their shadow where they'll be like, hey, there's some stuff with like judgment it feels like. And they're like, oh yeah. And then once we get past that, it'll like, oh yeah, blah, blah, blah. Let me open up more. But people, when people are like, and I've had people come to me for readings. They're like, I want to connect with my ancestors because because this is, you know, really messed up. How do we do this? And I'm like, let's do it. And it comes through so quickly because I feel that's part of just the work I'm supposed to be doing is to work with mostly with people that are ready to dive into that. You know, sometimes most, most psychic mediumship readings, people have a loved one they want to connect with. And most people want to know about their career or their love life, which, you know, I get. Um, but even then stuff will come up where it's like this is about like you know especially with a relationship I'm like it's not really about this person it's about this thing with you and the shadow work of you you know falling into relationships like this or you know whatever it may be um but i do that's why i consider myself a little bit more of a shadow worker than a light worker i and i like to use that um, I guess is like a label in some way. So people kind of know what they're getting into. Um, I'm not, you know, the tarot, that's one thing I like about tarot when I get tarot readings is it's so ruthless, right? Like it's just, and I think people know that about tarot. It's not fluffy. Like I love like my angel deck and stuff like that, but like they're very uplifting. They're not as raw. Like I have some Oracle decks that will read you to filth, but I appreciate tarot to be like, um, there's no hiding, you know, it's like, here it is. Um, but I think when, you know, a lot of people hear light workers, they think of the love and light, positive vibes only. And it's just not reality. Like it's just, and I feel like it's, uh, it's a lot of spiritual bypassing, you know, it's not the human experience. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I can see that. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely something that I've, I mean, I haven't worked a whole lot with Oracle decks, but it does seem like they tend to be, they do tend to be a little softer, huh? A little, a little mm -hmm. easier on you. Tarot, tarot will really like just punch you in the kidneys the minute you turn your back on it. You were saying for a minute there, like a lot of people come in asking about stuff like relationship and career and things like that, which is pretty typical for tarot readings too. It is pretty often, you know, uh, you know, we met, we met when I was doing really fast tarot readings at, um, at the wine shop and, um, and I usually do pretty quick tarot readings when I'm doing them in person. So a lot of times there will be sort of like the cards will show me that there's something darker or more intense going on, but I don't really have time to get into it with people. So I might like mention it to them, but never dive into it very much, which might be one of the um, the nice benefits of of doing tarot reading. You can you can kind of run away from the cards as as quickly as you. <laughs> as you need to but uh when you so when you do a psychic reading for somebody or a mediumship reading for somebody how long does it usually take like how how long does it take for you to like really get in deep 
I always do a meditation before I, you know, get on my call with my client. Um, and so I'll do like a 20 minute meditation beforehand just to kind of like align myself and I'll kind of do like a little Reiki self Reiki sweep and just, you know, check in with my guides and spiritual team and things like that. And then usually it's pretty fast because usually the crossed over loved one wants to come through pretty quickly. They kind of, I think are, you know, like I said, they can kind of gauge my energy a little bit and be like, okay, this is like, you know, full green light. So let's go. Um, sometimes it will be a little bit harder. And usually those readings are because um, it's, from what I have now realized in the course of doing this through, I guess I would call trial and error and um, discernment and kind of uh, creating a little more filtered way of accepting clients or not for readings is I won't do readings if the person um, hasn't been crossed over for at least three months. And that is usually because the sitter or client just, you know, I don't think grieving is ever, it ever ends, but the grief is just still too fresh, mm-hmm. whether they knew the person was going to pass or not. And I can pick up on that right away. Like I can feel that tension and I'm like, oh no, like this is no matter what I could say, it probably wouldn't be enough because they're probably looking for answers that spirit can't communicate to my gifts. Like I think, you know, there are channelers that will, like, I'm not someone that can channel and you know, Elvira and just speak in her voice and just talk forever. Um, That's not my gift. I know that there are channelers like that, like medium channelers, but that's not how my, my gifts work. And I feel like sometimes um, in the past clients thought that's how my readings worked. And so they get disappointed, you know, cause it's not like, I'm not getting full messages of like, you know, I'm so sorry that this happened. And sometimes they'll look for really big apologies uh, from spirit or sometimes a spirit will come through and even though they want to talk to that deceased loved one I can like almost feel the emotional weight of so many things that just weren't resolved when that person crossed over it's just and I have to use discernment sometimes because I will get very vivid things where I almost have to like it'll take me more pause because I'll like get these messages from spirit and then I'll be like, okay, I don't know if the sitter or client is even aware that these things happened or like that they've admitted these things have happened in their relationship with the person that passed over. Um, So I kind of have to use discernment sometimes and I'm like, is this helpful for my client? Is this something my client can hear? So I will have to take more pause and it can really sort of mess with the mediumship because I'm, I'm holding this connection with the crossed over loved one. Um, and then if I, if I have that moment where I'm like, can my sitter or my client hear this? I have to take my energy from up here, you know, raising my energy above to meet the spirit who's met me down below. And we're in this mediumship, you know, realm of whatever it is. <laughs> and then I have to bring my energy back down to the earth plane and kind of check in with my client's energy then go back and bring it back up. And I mean, I have, whenever that happens, like I'm wiped out for like four days. It feels like I ran a marathon. Like I feel I'm so emotionally, energetically exhausted. So I really have to use that discernment with what someone can hear or can't hear. So I've had to kind of create a more uh, streamlined, yeah, like I guess like, like a process to kind of chat, not to like, you know, I'm not trying to get information from my clients, but I'm just, Hey, this is me explaining how my readings work. Like I need you to verbally tell me before we book your session, like you understand this and that sensitive things can come up and to make sure that you are open to receiving that. If you want to connect with this particular person, because the way I do my mediumship readings is, um, I ask for a photo of the loved one they want to connect with and just the person's first name. I don't need to know how that they're, how they're connected. Usually that information comes through, whether it's a friend or grandfather or father or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I just have to know the person's first name, have a picture of them because it's kind of like my anchor. Um, Because I usually like look at the picture and kind of just get a sense of the person even before the reading will start when I'm in that meditation prior. Um, So I know who's going to come through. So 
when I tell them like, okay, like if you want to hear from your dad and there's some, a bunch of emotional shit that happened, like if he was abusive to you and you know, maybe you didn't end on good terms, but you really want to hear from the other side, like you have to be prepared for what he has to say. Otherwise, like this isn't going to go well, like it's going to be not beneficial for you and it's not going to be good for me. Um, so I need to have that agreement with the client to understand that. And that kind of, um, that kind of like difficult emotional experience, uh, I guess that probably fits in pretty well with the idea of shadow work as well, then doesn't it? Like that's kind yeah. of. It'll come through. Yeah. It feels like, I mean, it's funny, you know, I guess it, it feels like the sort of thing that probably everybody should do at some point is some shadow work. Like we all kind of have to do it in order to, uh integrate better or like round out who we are as humans or, or even, you know, even like facing your own shadow or the, that, that side of yourself, like you need to do that in order to have, you know, good relationships with other people, don't you? Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's so, I've made so much peace with my relationships and it's made me be able to set such healthy boundaries with people and myself. Um, and really just allow me to not worry or take on people's stuff because it's not my responsibility. And that's part of my problems with relationships um, and part <laughs> of my shadow work. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it really balances you out and it's, it's really important. And, you know, it's whether you dive into work with someone one-on-one -on -one, or you can just start with like some journal, journal prompts. I love journal prompts for shadow work um, if you're a journaler. Uh, cause it's really, it's really easy to, um, like here's, here's a journal prompt everyone can do on shadow work. Think of someone, um, if you have a day and someone triggers you and not just like annoyance, I mean, like really, you're just like, like escalate your, you know, whether it's, you get super and just any feeling that makes you super uncomfortable and feels like a negative feeling for you look at what that person's behavior was and see what that behavior is in yourself. See what they're mirroring to you. Oh, that's, that may, that's a good practice. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. We're all mirrors. We're all mirrors for each other and we're all each other's teachers and we can just learn so much. And, you know, every day, you know, again, my Gemini moon, I love to learn. So <laughs> every day I get to learn from someone every day. If someone triggers me, they have something, they're teaching me something about my shadow itself and to better understand who I am and how I work and how my energy works. And mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of like, once you get really comfortable with it, it's kind of really cool and it makes life a lot more interesting. And it just, it relieves a lot of stress and you kind of just let the bullshit, you know, melt away in a lot of ways. It's kind of like uh, you get you get so comfortable with the shadow work or maybe even so satisfied with how it ends up turning out for you that you kind of look forward to uh, spotting the... Or, oh, I guess probably what happens is you you stop shying away from, from noticing those reactions in yourself and instead you look forward to like, hey, now I have something to analyze and work through. Yeah, hmm. yeah. You know, we'll say like once you get comfortable with your shadow, you learn how to play with your shadow and I think that's a great way of looking at it. It doesn't, it, it does, it's not there to ruin your life. It's there to teach you and mm -hmm. you know, bring that balance to your life. Do you, uh, do you have, um, I mean, I know, I know you've got a website uh, mm -hmm. and you were talking about like some of your uh, courses or, or guided uh, journeys that you offer on the website. Do you, um, do you talk about shadow work a lot there? Like, do you have, uh, do you, or even on Instagram, you must share prompts or something like that sometimes there. Yeah, I just published um, on my website, on the blog right now, it's uh, it's like six, six journal prompts that are in line with Leo season. So that are kind of themed around uh, qualities of, and I'm a Leo, so like it was really fun for me to like kind of call out some of my own bullshit. Oh, well, happy um, birthday. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's just, people could go on there and it's, um, just gives you six prompts. And again, like journal prompts, like, you know, when I first started doing journal prompts, I really kind of like overstressed myself out about it. I just kind of let it be as like, um, I think of it as like a match to like the candle, but like, let it take you whichever way that prompt takes you. Like, it's not a 
perfectly structured thing. Like even just reading it might trigger something in you that has nothing to really even do with the prompt is saying, but just start writing about it because see what, what that trigger could be. Because sometimes triggers can be hidden in a way we think that it's be we're triggered because of this, but it's really because of this other thing. Um, so yeah, there's six free journal prompts right right there on my blog right now. All right, well, I will definitely link to that. And uh, you know, we're recording this um, probably like three weeks before it comes out. So I guess it'll be, uh, what is that, Virgo season next? Oh, and I'll have Virgo season up next. So okay, cool. Be- I will make sure I'll make sure that there's a link to the most recent journal prompts in the show notes so that people who are done with this can go psychologically torment themselves. (laughs) In the best way, in the best, healthiest, most human way. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, This has been, uh, well, thank you so much. This has been like really enlightening. I've learned a lot of stuff. It's helped me. So it's, it's funny, you know, um, most of the guests I have on are very either really scholarly or really systematic or really just deeply ensconced in sort of like more ceremonial stuff. And it's super interesting talking to uh, talking to you about your work because so much of it is mirrored in other kinds of stuff that I hear about. It, it just opens up all these questions like the experiences you have sound so much more kind of like intuitive and natural I don't know if that's even the right way to put it, but it sounds so like intuitive and um, and fulfilling, and even I would guess probably way way easier for for your your you know average person on the street to connect with, um, and it's just really interesting hearing that. Uh, I totally have to think about this some more. I'm sure I'm going to have some questions, more questions for you soon. <laughs> so maybe uh, maybe eventually when that when when I've formulated them we'll have to discuss those a little bit more see what we can come up yeah totally down with it awesome so where can uh where can all of those lovely listeners out there find you on the internet so i'm on the instagram at nicole n-i-c-o-l-e burn b-u-r-r-o-n and my website is o-o-h so oh so magical life so it's typed out oh-so and then magicallife.com um but instagram's kind of the easiest way to find me i have a link tree in there that just links everything seamlessly through my website because i'm not the best with keeping up with my website uh so (laughs) i would say instagram um all right the best I, there will be links to those down there too and uh yeah well thank you so much for being on and um yeah, until next time. Thank ending, you. Ending these is always so difficult. I never know how to. Thank you for listening to the Arnamancy podcast. You can find me online at arnamancy.com where you can schedule a tarot reading or peruse the Arnamancy blog. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. If you like this podcast, support it for just $1 a month through Patreon at patreon.com slash arnamancy.